the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We start hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show with our weekly visit with Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network. That's how you get there. Go to your URL and type in theohiopressnetwork.com and read all the latest stories from Jack and his staff. And, Jack, it's nice to have you with us. We had a scary situation yesterday with the guy trying to break into or doing something that uh, led police to pursue him after he um, went into the FBI building in Cincinnati. He ends up killed in a shootout. There's a lot of anger out there. and This is regrettable, of course, but I guess not wholly unpredictable in light of what we see going on. Hey, Bruce, thanks for having me. Uh, It's great to be here today. And yes, it is a scary situation. You know, there's uh, something about it that I scratch my head and, and go, wow, that's a little bit crazy because we heard warnings, right, from the federal intelligence community, community that um, folks may get angry. And uh, <laughs> a couple of days later, there you are. It is a tragedy. Um, but look, it's really – here's the scary part to me. Um, you have a federal intelligence community that essentially is saying, if you don't agree with in lockstep what we're doing and how we're doing it, then you're part of the problem. Um, you're out here creating dissension, you're creating hatred uh, toward the FBI and toward a legitimate investigation into the former president. Um, you know, there's a problem with that. If, if people were just blindly saying, hey, we don't like you, we don't like government, that would be one thing. Um, but there's a lot to work through here that isn't being discussed. Um, you know, there's, it's, we have to be careful not to get into whataboutism, yeah. where we, we excuse one thing for another. But there are a lot of people going, okay, so if, you, if you're worried about documentation and things being off-site, talk to me about Hillary Clinton. Uh, talk to me about uh, Justice Kavanaugh and people protesting at the homes of uh, conservative Supreme Court justices. Uh, talk to me about um, creating uh, FISA documents that were altered and, um, and, and fixing emails uh, to start and perpetuate a witch hunt against, you know, at the time it was candidate Trump and then eventually it was President Trump. So people are going, I, I don't get it. You talk about lawfulness and you talk about nobody is above reproach, but your focus seems to be on the right side of the aisle and not on the left. Jack Windsor, our guest. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Windsor, and you can read he and his colleagues at theohiopressnetwork.com. Yeah, I think you make an interesting point, and there's, you know, whataboutism is a way for people to dismiss uh, what you're talking about in light of, well, you're just, you know, doing this comparison that one has nothing to do with the other. But in some cases, Jack, history does have something to do with another, and let's bring it down to the local level like yesterday we got the news that the charges against the columbus police stemming from the riots downtown in 2020 the final charges are going to be dismissed so one of the three cops charged 
went to trial, was exonerated. The other two had their charges dismissed. We know that we've had 200 cops bought out, or 100 cops bought out at $200,000 each. We have deputy chiefs now who are going to be bought out at $300,000. The whole department had to be reimagined. That's one of my favorite words, like little kids imagine. We, you know, we hopefully rebuild or, you know, repurpose. We don't reimagine. But it had to be reimagined. We had to get a new chief. We had to get a new assistant chief. We had to get a police oversight review board. All because of the riots of 2020. And now when we look back and we bring the the quote-unquote facts of 2020 to light, it's like, oh, yeah, well, nobody in uniform did anything wrong that we can penalize them for. So there is a purpose sometimes in citing history and bringing it forward to things that grow out of that history when that history is flawed. That's what I see with Columbus Police. And I'd be curious to know, as you interact with your readers around the state, uh, what is their view of things we've taken for granted in Ohio, like equal protection under the law? Do they still believe that that concept is observed in our country? The short answer is no. I think our readers, by and large, believe that there are prosecutors who are really choosy and choose to prosecute things that politically favor them for their for their advancement. Uh, we broke the story during the summer of love when Columbus police officers were told to stand down when people were burning buildings, defacing property, injuring other people. And so you think about that from a law enforcement perspective. If you're a police officer and it's woven into your DNA that you want justice and you want to protect your community, and all of a sudden you're told to stand down. Uh, certainly that had a chilling effect on the force. And that's when it started. You saw people leaving the force. And so now uh, there's a, there's an issue with recruiting police officers. Uh, hopefully with this investigation done and, and ex- people being exonerated, it will help. But imagine being part of that police force where you show up every day and you do your job. And then all of a sudden for what we now have uncovered, uh, were planned political reasons, people are being violent. And when you do your job, you're called out on the carpet and uh, you're looked into for criminal behavior when you're actually the one that was trained and accustomed to looking for and arresting criminals. So there really is a mess. And, you know, like I said, we, we broke the story about the department being told to stand down. Uh, we also uh, highlighted Joyce Beatty. Uh, when she was downtown, uh, I don't care what anybody says, I saw the video. She took a swipe at a, a law enforcement officer. Nothing was done, um, and it certainly seems to be because of political persuasion. Uh, when you have those types of things going on and you, you look at your TV screen during the summer of love and you see buildings burning and you hear news reporters saying, ah, it's mostly peaceful, uh, there is a huge disconnect between uh, what people want with law enforcement and what they're getting and how uh, mainstream outlets are reporting it. Jack Windsor is our guest. Jack is with the Ohio Press Network, distinguished himself during the initial stages of COVID by being the only reporter who would ask tough questions of state authorities, and he's still doing that. The reporting I highly recommend you read is at Ohio, theohiopressnetwork.com, theohiopressnetwork.com. Okay, we thought maybe the fallout of House Bill 6 was behind us, but it got Larry Householder and you know, all the people that it uh, ensnared in its web. Uh, now Mike Carey's name is coming up uh, for having a role in, in, in a Murray Energy check to Larry Householder. 
Uh, John Husted's name is being resurfaced because of text messages that show he was more involved than he said he was involved. House Bill 6, Jack, is a uh, a complex web. Do you think we're done with House Bill 6, or what else do we need to know? No, I don't think we're done by any means. I think, in fact, as we get closer to the general election in November, I think that the heat will get turned up on it, the spotlight will get brighter. Um, House Bill 6, at its essence, uh, is this. First Energy is an energy company, and they wanted to change the way they were able to do business. And so they worked on a piece of legislation um, with lawmakers and executives uh, to the tune of about $1.3 billion that helped bail out some of their nuclear plants. People like John Husted and Mike DeWine have power, and so you know there's the relationship there. Uh, people like Larry Householder had power as a legislator, as a lawmaker, and as somebody who could get people elected that would be friendly to that piece of legislation. This is all alleged, by the way, but this is how it's kind of playing out. And when you look at what has happened, you know, First Energy uh, pleaded guilty to uh, uh, bribing top lawmakers and, and paying a top utility regulator for official action on their initiative. Um, and that $4 million payment to Sam Randazzo, who was the public utility commissioner that was appointed by Mike DeWine, uh, the night after he and John Husted had dinner with Chuck Jones, who was the CEO of First Energy, and Michael Dowling, who was the VP of External Affairs. So uh, we look at that. We look at the fact that uh, First Energy paid money to DeWine's campaign through you know, uh, dark money groups. There were donations. Um, and, of course, money was funneled to Larry Householder and some other Republicans that were elected in the state house. So it is a really tangled web. What John Husted is going to say is, look, um, we were in favor of getting legislation over the finish line. Uh, nuclear energy was a direction that we wanted to go uh, because it's suitable for Ohio. So, of course, I was involved. Uh, people who are his detractors are going to look at that and go, okay, well, what's the difference between you and Sam Randazzo, who, by the way, has not been arrested or charged, uh, Larry Householder, who has been arrested and charged? What's the difference here, John, is what they're going to ask. And we're going to really find out a lot uh, over the next few months. I got about 30 seconds left, Jack, and what I want to know is J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, National Review writes a story today that Ryan might be ahead in some polls, but he's not ahead by the amount he should be ahead, given that he's spending about a million dollars per week. Uh, I'm concerned about Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania and Herschel Walker in Georgia, but I still remain confident of J.D. Vance winning the Senate race in Ohio. Should I be confident or not? Well, I would say two things real quick since we're short on time. Uh, the polls that have been released are polls that have been released by PACs and, 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 and parties on the left. So you have to take most of those with a grain of salt. The one that might have some credence to it had J.D. Vance up, uh, I think, somewhere between two and three points. Uh, Tim Ryan is spending a lot of money because he needs to rebrand himself. That's what J.D. Vance will tell you. J.D. Vance is going to strategically spend his money at a time when people are paying attention, which is when kids go back to school and they start thinking about the election. So you'll see an uptick in his political advertising. I think he's ahead by a couple. I think he wins the race somewhere between eight and ten points. Jack Windsor, Ohio Press Network. Always great, Jack. Thanks so much for your work. On Twitter, at Jack Windsor, theohiopressnetwork.com. Have a great weekend. You too, Bruce. God bless you. Thank you. Always great to have Jack Windsor on the program. Monday, 
Monday, 12.05. Set your clock by it. A very special guest who I can announce, cannot announce their name yet. But it is, I believe, a transformative moment in a movement that is, I hope, going to fuel a red wave in November. It's not a politician. It's someone locally who is doing something that is, I think, going to be as great a bit of news as parents have heard in a long, 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 long time. So stay ready for noon Monday. Can't wait for it. Now, speaking of that red wave, um, I'm getting worried about the Republicans taking control of the Senate because, as I told Jack, I don't think Herschel Walker in Georgia and Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania are great candidates. I think J.D. Vance is a great candidate. He's keeping his powder powder dry. He's saving his money. Anything Tim Ryan throws out about being an everyman, (laughs) it doesn't get more everyman than growing up in Middletown, Ohio and overcoming addiction in your own family and then serving as a U.S. Marine, getting your law degree, running for office, changing your opinion about America based upon the fact that when you have children and when you get married and when you recognize your own personal responsibilities in life, it does something to you. You know what it did to me? It turned me into a conservative. Getting in touch with my faith and realizing that as a husband and a father, I have a responsibility to provide and protect those in my family, not just chase my chase my own uh, individual uh, personal satisfaction. Those are the things that moved me to become a conservative. The same is true of J.D. Vance. So he's a great candidate. But our other Senate candidates in those two races in particular, Georgia and Pennsylvania, I think Herschel Walker is a great candidate. I just think he has a hard time articulating his positions in a soundbite-friendly culture. You sit down in a room with Herschel Walker and let him talk to you, his empathy, his eloquence, his compassion, his peace and joy, they're all going to be evident. But Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, I mean, he's a guy who has preached in the pulpit of the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Georgia, and I think would uh, prompt Martin Luther King to roll over in his grave if Dr. King had any idea of the policies that Raphael Warnock endorses and what a racist he is. And um, Warnock's used to speaking in sound bites. So if Walker doesn't win and Oz doesn't win, will the Democrats strengthen their control of the Senate? Maybe not. Maybe not. New Hampshire, Nevada, Arizona offer us hope. But I think it would be really healthy for our country if we got a J.D. Vance, a Blake Masters into the Senate with people like Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul. Uh, Those guys could really make it uh, quite uncomfortable for Democrats, not just in the Senate, but for those Democrats like Anthony Fauci, Rochelle Walensky, Mark Milley and others who have to come before the Senate investigative body if, in fact, the Republicans are in control of the Senate. 
The House, I think, is going to be controlled by Republicans, but that does not mean that Democrats are going to give up on winning back the presidency in 2024, maintaining the presidency in 2024. You can see already this week in headlines that are seemingly unrelated to anything that have to do with an election that the Democrats are going to, why not, stick with the game plan they used once before to great success in 2020. Did you notice this week? Did you notice this week that Twitter said it is is going to begin enforcing its civics integrity project. Oh, who could be against? Less of all, what conservatives could be against civics? Don't we all want to get more civics into our schools? Of course we do. We want more civics about how government works, how a bill becomes law, all those things that are lost upon kids now while they're having critical dishonesty theory crammed down their throats about what a racist country America is and how horrible, awful, terrible the founding was because the Men who founded our country were slave owners. No, we're all for civics and integrity. Like, we don't see any integrity in Merrick Garland or Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer. We don't see any integrity there. So so we ought to be all about Twitter having a civics integrity project. Uh-huh. Here's what a civics integrity project is at Twitter. This means we'll take action against misleading claims about the voting process. Ooh. Misleading content intended to intimidate or dissuade people from participating in the election. Or misleading claims that may undermine public confidence in election outcomes. See, if you say that mail-in balloting or lack of voter ID is a democratic tool to fix or fudge with elections, oh, Guess what? You're in violation of the Twitter Civics Integrity Project. Uh, you know who else was in violation of the Civics Integrity Project at Twitter? The New York Post was in violation of that when they broke the story about the Hunter Biden laptop. That's why the New York Post got banned from Twitter and why anybody who tried to retweet the Post's piece about Hunter Biden's laptop, well, they were told, I'm sorry, that tweet cannot be posted. That tweet is in violation of Twitter policy. So you combine the uh, reinstitution of the Civics Integrity Project at Twitter with the raid on Donald Trump's home, and what do you get? Well, you get a DOJ that, again, it's ludicrous to think that they were down there for a classified document search. David Petraeus took classified documents out. Uh, Sandy Berger took documents out. He was Clinton's uh, director of national security. Uh, Barack Obama took classified documents out. Any of them have their homes raided? No. So this raid on the uh, Mar-a-Lago estate was clearly a fishing expedition, not because they thought Trump had like nuclear-related information or secretive national security imperiling stuff from Kim Jong-un and his man crush in North Korea. This was a fishing expedition to find out if there's anything in there that we could tie to the January 6th hearings and the January 6th investigation and that we could keep Trump off the ballot because do you think Trump was a blot of sand in the Democrats' oyster round one? I can envision already Donald Trump 
campaign material for 2024. Donald Trump. Trump 2024. This time it's personal. Right? Can't you? Like, can you imagine what he'll do to the deep state if he gets back in? So they want to keep him off the ballot. So they're trying to tag him with seditious conspiracy. So they're on a fishing expedition. They've got Twitter's already said, yeah, we're going to do the same blocking that we did before. They're trying to get the same kind of voting procedures in for 2022 that worked in 2020. And if they work in 2020 and in 2022, you well know they'll be back in 2024. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.